Hello, everyone. Welcome to Benissa's Cafe Podcast. Today's guest here with me is Dali Yosipovic. Welcome, Dali. Thank you, Benissa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been waiting and um, looking forward to you being a guest of mine. Oh. I, I remember we connected back in October um, of last year to get you on my show, and I finally have you here. I'm so excited. I know. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, it's so Absolutely. Cozy here. Yeah, I know. Um, this is thanks to my partner who has done an amazing job decorating and putting this set together. Thank you, Ill Visions. He's amazing. I'll tell you, all these cameras and stuff making me nervous. <laughs> He's the best. Thank you. Thank you. So um, our choice of beverage today is um, our traditional coffee, which is also known as Turkish coffee. And um, we pretty much, this is a traditional coffee in the ex-Yugoslavia right. and you know, we are all part of different um, old regions that are now its individual countries. So um, why don't we start off? Dali, why don't you tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Oh, where do I start? How much time do we have? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you already know, or as you mentioned, my name is Dali Osipovic. I was um, born in Croatia. And I lived, I live in this country now for 24 years, I believe is now. So I was born in Croatia and then kind of hip hop all over ex-Yugoslavia during, you know, everything that was going on back home. So we lived in Croatia, we lived different part of Croatia. Then we were in Bosnia, we were in Kosovo and fast forward, we are here in United States. So that was my journey. Mm -hmm. You know, I came to United States uh, 15. I just like turned 16 when I wow. landed here with my parents and my sister. Wow. Very, very young to start a new journey. But before we get into that, I really want you, I know a story of you from when you were a little girl. Why don't you tell them what you, you, you started hustling at a young age. Can you please tell them uh, what you used to do when you were a child? Uh, well, I was, you know, I was always anxious and, you know, growing up and seeing my parents work so hard and, you know, I was like always, you know, how can I support? How can I help? And then I have some family members like my uncle. He was always in a business and doing different mm -hmm. things. And he will come when we immigrated from the city of Croatia, you know, Croatia to and different parts, um, he will come and um, bring like big dollar bills or, you know, back then the, the, the euro, the euro, whatever the, the, the money was. Mm -hmm. And he'll bring it and I'll bring the change and like he'll give us some money and I'll hold it. And I was always trying to save. <laughs> And then there was an opportunity because we lived um, like in between cities. Mm -hmm. So elderly could not go get their retirement money. And there was a, like a postal service, but then because of the war, they did not deliver. So they always had to go over there and get it. And of course, there were elderly that, you know, driving or uh, right. um, walking there. It's much so. So that I was asked to do it. So I was like, okay, I can do it. And uh, I'll get on my bike. And there was actually right across from my school. I went to school and I'll go to the post office and I'll give them the, hey, I need to pick up pretty much for the whole village. <laughs> <laughs> give me everybody's checks, money and um, money, literally cash, like cash. Yeah, yeah. And I will pack it up, put it in my book bag and I will get on my bike I'll come home and, you know, eat something and then I'll get on my bike and go from the house to the house. And deliver their and, retirement. And deliver their retirement. <laughs> and then they were so kind to tip me. Yeah. And so, you know, some tips, some didn't, you know, it's, it was always, it was a great experience because you can see, you know, as a child, you're hoping <laughs> that they will tip you. Dep but, yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And, um, you know, you see different, different people and, and it was a really good interaction with people, but it was also a great experience for me. But I was later on, I realized, wow, they trusted me to carry that kind of money. I know. So that's what I did. You know, and I did that till we ran away from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but then I, what I will do, Vanessa. Yeah. I will not spend that money. Okay. I, uh, I will hold a little change. And then uh -huh. when my uncle will come from, from Petrinha, which is a, you know, he'll come every, you know, a few times a year and then I'll hold the change and give it to him and he will give me the big dollar bills and then I'll hold it and save it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were extremely responsible for, well, first of all, I think you were very responsible to actually 
you know, go to the post office, gather up everybody's money. I don't know what the total value of the money was that you were carrying, but the fact that, you know, you were early on that responsible understanding, you know, the importance of that and distributing it out to the elderly. That's a huge, that's within itself, I think a very big kind of community service that you were already offering. How old were you when you were doing that? Um, I was, goodness, like 13. Yeah, 13, wow. 14, 13. Yeah. 12, 13 years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they were very, very thankful that you were doing that for them. Absolutely. Yeah, they were yeah. because they couldn't. You know, that's was mm-hmm. one thing when I was asked to bring for one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, sure, I'll pick it up for you. No problem. You know, and then one, of course, they talk. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, that's how I started doing that. And it, it was great sort of satisfaction because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get there. But it was also, you know, rewarding for me, too, to know, oh, there's something going on. You know, yeah, uh, once yeah. a month I can I can find a way to make some money in a yeah, sense, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So a little birdie told me <laughs> that actually this money ended up coming in in handy for yeah. your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the money we used when we came to us. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is huge. That yeah. Is that huge. was, it was, yeah, it was holding it because I wouldn't spend it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we were uh, running away we didn't have, you know, we need, my parents didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we were traveling, we were like stuck on the, you know, on, on the road for nine days and all that stuff. But so when we landed, they needed the money to, you know, to, to, and it wasn't like, I remember it was like a hundred dollars maybe, but you know, 25, six, seven years ago, you know what I mean? That's, it was, that's a lot. Yeah. 20, yeah. 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 So that was a lot of money back then, you know, mm-hmm. or even more than that. So I've been here 24. So I don't want to tell them too much because <laughs> then I figure out how old am I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now you and your family arrive into the United States. What is something, what is going through your head as a 15 year old? Oh, you know, of course it's a lot. It's a lot to see, you know, my parents leave everything. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're already, you know, we're going through the whole entire country. They, um, they left their family back home and come into a country where they don't speak the language. Uh, my sister and I, it's just two of us young girls coming to America, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then we didn't know where we were going. Yeah. So it's like, yep, tomorrow morning you're flying to Atlanta, Georgia. Where is that at? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very scary. It was very scary. And um, we didn't, you know, we just we just didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what is going to happen. But um, it was it was a lot of emotional feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, being the oldest, you know, they they think, okay, I speak English or I, you know, I'm going to learn English or so it was a lot of burden. I think being oldest, the the oldest. And uh, but it was a lot. It was a lot coming, of course, like every, you know, like mm-hmm. for everyone else who came to this country um, under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what are some of the things that you did to like kind of help that transition or how did you how did you integrate into this country? <laughs> um, uh, It was it was a it was a cultural shock, to be honest with you, because yeah. when we landed, we landed um, down to near the Atlanta airport. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very rough, rough area. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first intro to school was very nerve wracking. Um, so I remember our first day in school in South Atlanta High School. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to go through a metal detector. Mm-hmm. And that alone, just remind you where I went, you know, yeah, we, yeah. now coming to land of free, land of opportunity, peace, but I have to go through yeah, metal detector. That was very uh, stressful because we did not, you know, understand what area are we in and what's going on. Um, So just going through that, it was a lot, but... I'm very, my personality is let's, let's adjust. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's find good in everything. You know, mm-hmm. even though coming to the, to the community that I have not, you know, back home, we don't have black people. Mm-hmm. We don't. So as much as it's interesting, as much as it's scary, because you don't know what's going on. So it was adjustment. Um, there were a lot of rough batches, you know, people, it was only like 20 20 of us, maybe from, you know, maybe a little bit more, don't mm-hmm. quote me, you know, in the school that are from ex-Yugoslavia or even, you know, other immigrants from different parts of the world. But 
that was very scary. But uh, slowly but surely, you know, we just learned to adjust. And I just knew that only thing to, only thing that I could control at that time is go to school, try to learn English, mm-hmm. get a good grades, you know, because, you know, European parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever you do. They don't care. <laughs> and I remember literally six months into the school, I was like 10% best student in school. Wow. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, I, I tried my best and I learned, uh, even though a lot of hiccups, you know, with kids there and sometimes, you know, with different, different things. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was me in school. That was a transition and a lot of different things, you know, a little challenges and issues with, with kids and, you know, um, but, um, that just didn't, it was just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really wanted to, wanted to see how can we, you know, help, help our parents and, you know, do better. Mm-hmm. And so that we can hopefully fast move out of the area. Yeah. So in speaking to your sister, she actually thought that you integrated or adapted much better than she did. She was like, oh my God, I remember her just coming home and she had all made friends while not while she was still like, you know, uh, to herself and struggling. And so she definitely said that you had a much more outgoing personality than her and a- adapted a lot easier than she did. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just tried to refuse to look at the, the bad or the negative, or mm-hmm. even if somebody harassed me or bothered me or bullied me, mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, I go report them to the school. They get suspended, and I keep it moving. I don't let that, you know, I didn't let it like disturb me. And then yeah. the girls were like, "Oh, you know, hair. Look at your hair." They wanted to touch my hair. Oh, oh sure, go ahead and braid it for me too. You know, so I'll be eating, and my head will be pulled left to the right ah. because they were. For me, it's interesting to see their hair, and yeah. for them, it's interesting to see my hair. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, well, you know, just play with my hair while I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with, you know what I mean? Like it didn't bother me. So, you know, and I really like it because if I had to go do it over again, I would still love to come the same air, you know, everything, because it really helped me understand the the culture, Uh um, you know, and uh, help me understand the people and see, you know, because a lot of us, we've been prejudged, you know, you are from this country or this community or this color, Mm -hmm. this nationality, we boxed everybody in the same box. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, because in, in that area, I saw good, bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. but I saw good. Mm-hmm. And I have some great friends and managers and people that, and teachers that impacted my life greatly. But yeah. I also saw, you know, I saw a lot, mm-hmm. but it was a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So tell me a little bit about your like work history. What is like, what was your introduction to like working in the United States? Uh, well, I uh, I was actually one of the first, even before my dad started working, I was the first one to start working because uh, back then my boyfriend, now my husband, uh, Zlatko, he, um, I asked him to take me to Kroger to, to apply because it was like across the street. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, he was taking me there. We were just friends at that time. And I said, okay, I need to get a job if I can work. Um, so we went over there. And uh, he was like, well, you know, they don't hire people who don't speak English. And I'm like, I speak English. <laughs> so we get there and she asking me for interview and whatever she's asking, I'm just smiling and saying, yes, <laughs> yes. And he'll ask something, I'll little get stuck. And I'll say, yes. Anyways, I just kept saying yes, like and smiling. And because I really wanted to start working so that I can help and support my parents. And yeah. and then at that time, um, after that, dad got a, a job at the airport and mom got a job. So he was cleaning planes and um, mom was working also at Kroger. And so that, and I was happy. I was like, wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, bagging groceries. And again, I didn't understand. I remember one time somebody sneezed. Well, you know, we say bless you, mm-hmm. but I didn't know the word. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So again, mind you, the area where I'm at, so I'm asking the, the ladies that are working at the register, I said, somebody sneezed. I'm like, what, what happened? What did he, what, what, what do we say? What do you say? I'm trying to ask, mm-hmm. what do you say to somebody? They were just looking at me like I was crazy, right? So I'm like, what do you say with somebody? <clears throat> you know, I'm trying to really get the answer. I couldn't get it. <laughs> and then I remember one day I was working and then somebody sneezed and somebody responded. I'm like, what did you say? What did you say? That's how I learned for bless you. Wow. And uh, yeah, after six months, they moved me to register. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I was fast. I was just going out there. Somebody needs something. Customer forgot something. You know, I would be, and that's how they, they advanced me pretty fast to the, to the register. And yeah, we were there for a year. 
my manager cry before I left after a year. I'm like, I got to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And th this is when you then moved to a different part of the, the city, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we moved to Lawrenceville. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me, how did your parents adjust to a new country? Because, I mean, if you were 15, then I'm assuming that they were maybe mid-30s at the yeah. time or something like that. So how is that starting life over almost in a new country as an adult without speaking the, the language what were some of the things that they shared with you or I mean, that you experienced yeah i think for them that number one priority is to provide for us mm -hmm. and to protect us yeah because that was the number you know i mean mm -hmm. of course back then our communication about some of these things wasn't that you know they just they just made it happen mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it wasn't like Oh, mom and dad, how do you feel about, you know, now, like I would talk to them today yeah, and yeah, then we yeah. were on a different level mm -hmm. of everything, but, um, watching them, you know, work very, very hard, worked, uh, one or two jobs, mm -hmm. night shifts, uh, to provide and, uh, very protective of us, you know, two girls, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. Who are you talking to? Where are you going? What are mm -hmm. you doing? You know, still keeping the very, my parents were very strict very firm uh, about everything, um, very protective, but very caring. Mm -hmm. And they worked very, very hard all their lives to, yeah. to give us best. So their number one priority is to overcome the language barrier. So like there's not much they can do for them, but right. just us to do better in a sense to learn so that we can help them. Right. To, to, you know, the language barrier, you know, and the cultural barrier and all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And already what they went through, you know, to kind of help them go through those things. Yeah, so. definitely. So let's fast forward after after your Kroger job, you then what did you do next? Uh, and then we moved to um, when my husband's family moved to 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 um, Gwinnett. After that, we moved also to Lawrenceville and um I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, because Kroger was too fast, too far. And I didn't drive at that time. So I just, I went down the street and I saw a car wash. I said, I want to go apply for car wash. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, I went to apply for car wash. And guess what? They accepted me. $2 an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you get tip. <laughs> oh, And I remember this old man. I call him old man. We always joke. I say, old man, old man. His, old, his name was Chris. But yeah, they hired me. They hired me and I was so happy. I was like, oh, yeah. So they hired me and I got hired and I started working. What did you do there? Wash cars. Oh, my God. Yeah. I put shit, sweatpants on and go out there, you know, wash the cars, clean the windows. Yeah. And I lasted one day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, when they hired, you know, I did it that one day and I mean, I, I, but I was excited. People mm -hmm. are tipping, you know, back then $5, $10. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you would, you would get a car or two people work on a car. So you share the tip or, you know, so I remember that night at the end of the night, I made like $150. Wow. Well, exactly. I'm like, wow, this is, but I'll tell you, Benissa, I have not worked. I, I don't think back then as hot as that day. I worked so hard. First of all, it was my first job. You know, you're trying to impress. It's it's heating summer, middle of the summer. Oh my god, it is hot. If a young girl, you know, mm -hmm. to do that at at 16, almost 17 years old, 17. I'm sorry, 17. It was really um, tough. So I went home that night. Oh, the boss says, "Oh, you know what? Somebody called in. Can you stay extra two hours? Oh, sure, no problem." <laughs> <laughs> and I stayed, you know, went home, but it's, uh, I couldn't get up in the morning. I was in the bed. I couldn't get up. Mom was like, come on, you got to go. I'm like, I cannot. I said, I so my husband at the time called, every, called the every bone was hurting. <laughs> I could not use the, I mean, I couldn't get up. So he called and said, hey, the Dolly, you know, I think he called for me, my husband, you know, we dated at the time. Mm -hmm. So he called for me. And he's like, you know, she can't even get up. I mean, she's just, she'll be there tomorrow or something. And he was so cool. He was, oh, no problem. No problem. Just take care of you. You know, tell her to take care of herself. So, so I stayed that day. And I think I went back like there two later. And I walked in and she's like, come to my office. I'm like, here we go. I said, hey, do you want an inside job? Do you want to be a front of the register? So while I was gone that day, they fired a girl who was working inside. And they <laughs> held a position for me and hired me inside. Wow. So that's how I never continued outside. I actually took a position inside. So that's how that started. Uh -huh. uh, that, that lasted there for a while. And then retail was my whole pretty much 
um, American life. And yeah. That. So, you know, I did K- Kmart after my parents were at Walmart since we moved to Loganville, like Walmart. And I stayed in Walmart for years. And, you know, I love, I love customer service. I love, I love people. So mm-hmm. it was cool, you know, and they worked with my college when I went to college as well. And then, you know, they worked with my schedule and so I worked sometimes two jobs to, to pay for the college because I didn't want a student loan. And uh, yeah, so that was, the retail was my pretty much, and mom and dad then, when we moved, they started working at Walmart and they literally retired from Walmart. They retired almost two years now from, wow. uh, from Walmart. So, but what, what, clearly you're not in retail today, right? No, no. <laughs> and are you so happy that you aren't? Um. Yeah, the nine to five clock in, clock out just doesn't. Yeah, that was actually honestly why I never even saw myself like mm-hmm. even throughout um, working at, um, you know, Kmart or Walmart retail jobs. I always do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I did Noni juices. I did Mary Kay cosmetics. I did high fashion jewelry. I did everything because I was always looking for. Something else. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it like to work for someone and, you know, be on their time and depend on them when I'm going to use the bathroom, when I'm going to take a vacation. Right. I just didn't see it. So I was always mm-hmm. looking. I was happily doing what I was doing, but I was always looking. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, oh, you can do this. I said, oh, sure. Let me try. Let me, you know. So I was always like that. Uh, but no, I didn't miss the retail. Of course, I miss people because I mean, but of course I can meet people anywhere. Right. Right. So tell me, tell me what was the big change how, what was the switch over from um, going from there into the financial services industry? Because that is where you are today. Correct. So tell me, how, how did that happen? Um, actually, when I um, when I got pregnant, I mm-hmm. was still in retail, I was still in Walmart and I was there. And um, yeah, I was seven months pregnant. And then literally um, I went to labor one day at work. They had a very big special like the $10 prescription came out. We were extremely busy. And anyways, make a long story short, that day, I didn't feel good. And I had to leave early and, um, you know, went to the restroom, didn't like what I saw. And um, that next, that night, well, early and during the night, I had to be rushed in the hospital. And um, they kept me pregnant until Friday. So that was like Monday night. And uh, Friday, my firstborn, uh, Christian, he was born, <laughs> two pounds, 15 ounces. And that was my hot moment because, you know, it was a, it was a really, really tough time. You know, mm-hmm. my husband at that time, uh, he was driving trucks, he was on the road and, um, he had to go and, uh, with that, with the baby and him being so tiny, mm-hmm. um, and our financial situation at that time, a lot of other personal things happened, uh, family wise, and just, he had to go to work. And so it was really tough. And when that happened, it was just, you know. And, um, I just remember one day I was waiting, I was sitting at home and alone because a month, a month he had to stay mm-hmm. in a hospital, um, you know, pump every two hours, tank the meal, you know, just whole, it was very emotional, you yeah. know, very emotional situation. But, um, aha moment was really Vanessa after I received, I received the bill from the hospital and I received like a flowers and a card from my employer. You know what I mean? That really yeah. was because I'm, I'm if I commit to something, I do, mm-hmm. you know, but I really realized like, wow, I got to do something, you know, different. I got to mm-hmm. change my situation because if I continue doing the same. Yeah. Year in and year out, you know, you can expect to pray for different things. But if you yourself are not making a change and I realized mm-hmm. that I was just in a rut and I wasn't and that was my aha moment. So mm-hmm. I was just like I took a year off uh, to take care of the baby. And then I was just looking and praying to look for different things. And that's where good, my good friend, Alma, she was like, hey, I have somebody who works at the bank. Can you hear what she has to say? I'm like, uh, police, I'm not interested. I've done so many things. I was burned out. Mm-hmm. But it just happened one day that I dropped by her house because my husband came home and I'm like, here's the baby. I'm going to the park. Here we go. I'm leaving. And I left. But wanted to see what she's doing, like just to hang out with her. She had a like whole presentation at her house that I was invited, but I refused to come. Mm-hmm. But I forgot the date. So I showed up anyways, mm-hmm. looking like a bum. I wasn't dressed up, you know, nothing like that. <laughs> so that's how I started. That's how I, I looked at I looked at it that night and I was like, wow, this is something potentially that I can, you know, do. What is it that you heard that got you interested? 
Well, what I heard is knowledge because, you know, again, we already at that time we've been in the country for quite a while. We still didn't know, like, I didn't know like how money works. I didn't know where to put it to grow and compound. Um, I saw my parents again, work at Walmart, mm, long day, long hours, and just putting money in quote unquote 401, you know, the drill. Like yeah. I didn't, but I couldn't help them because I didn't know, like yeah. I will go to their jobs and help them put percentages in their 401k. I didn't know ABCD, 20% ABCD, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I did not know. And then that was something that I just did not know. But at the same time, at that point in my life, I heard flexibility I heard working for yourself. I heard professional license. I heard, you know, work on your own time. Mm -hmm. I heard still can be mother and a wife and a businesswoman. I heard I don't have to clock in. You know, that was like encouraging because I was like, oh, this is what I need right now. I want to stay home. I don't want to put the baby in the daycare. I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, go back to my job. I don't want to do that. But I want to, because at my point that the most important thing was this little human mm -hmm. <laughs> that was so tiny that I didn't want to leave him. Yeah. So when I heard that, um, you know, I remember driving home that night and it literally I hear like, hey, you prayed for it right here. Mm -hmm. Here it is. The plate is in front of you, but you have to dig in and eat mm -hmm. like literally. I'm not going to feed you. L this literally when I come home and I was telling <laughs> my husband, I said, hey, baby, I was at Alma's house and I heard this. And he's like, oh, another one of those things. <laughs> uh, but thank God he was very, you know, supportive. He's like, oh, you just do it. Just don't bother me. And um, that was all enough for me to uh, to look into it and start learning and understanding. It was very tough, but I thank God for the last 15 years. It's definitely changed my life. So you've been in the financial services industry for 15 years now. Yes. I can't even believe it's been that long. Wow. You know, I track it by my oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so tell us what you do. In a nutshell, as much as I you know, can. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be just, well, in a, in a nutshell, we have a financial educator and what we do, I offer services literally from A through Z. So if it is, you know, uh, retirement planning, if it's life insurance, investments, kids education planning, you know, rollover 401k, whatever, IRAs, uh, all of those things. But most importantly, we teach about financial education. We teach, we don't just tell you what to do. Because most people can get products and services from the employer, from their, you know, companies out there, but they don't really know what they have. So mm -hmm. our main priority is to empower and educate a community to teach them what's available. It doesn't matter if that's, you know, if it is, for example, retirement, what types are out there? You know, if it is about insurance, what kind of insurance are out there? What's mm -hmm. beneficial for you? And also teaching them about, you know, three different places that people put money in this country. Tax now, tax later and tax never. Where's your money at? So most importantly is the educate and empower them and that we can offer the service to, services to them. And the good thing is we don't charge them any fees. That's mm -hmm. what gave me that satisfaction. Like, oh, I can help people and I don't charge them, but the companies pay me. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. you know? So that was really like win-win, mm -hmm. you know, and I can get, you know, get my professional license and, and, and do what I do. Mm -hmm. So can you estimate how many people have you helped over the, the last 15 years? It's so hard to say that because sometimes you, I mean, the clients wise, I have over a thousand clients, uh, more than that probably. And also we know, uh, blessed to have an amazing a team of mm -hmm. partners as well, all over us and Canada. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you might help people not even knowingly. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you might help people that they might never thank you. Sometimes you might help people and you plant that seed and you educate and empower them. They might not come back to you mm -hmm. for you to actually to help them. They might go somewhere else. You know what I mean? But I mean, I have helped from my heart um, and I'll continue helping because I really believe I believe in helping people and mm -hmm. um, I do good and I believe the good will come back. So absolutely. I, I, I believe the same. So what are some of the misperceptions about, you know, um, you being a well, I guess in that role as a financial educator or maybe the financial services industry. What is it? What? Uh, some misperception. Oh, misperception. Mm -hmm. mm, I got time. Oh, Sally, I got time. I'm so young. Oh, you know what? When I come back from my vacation, I'll start planning. Oh, I got I'm not dying anytime soon. I don't need life insurance. Mm hmm. Oh, I don't need to start about, oh, 401k, IRA, I got time. Oh, I have it through my job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's always that 
procrastination. Yeah. And I believe the biggest nation in this country is procrastination. We believe we have time, but unfortunately time is of essence and time doesn't wait for nobody, mm-hmm. no man, no woman. And I think that's because, and because of that too, sometimes we think we know it all. Mm-hmm. And I thank God, you know, for humbleness, because I think it's very important then to know that we don't know what we don't know. I'm still learning and I'm learning every day. I'm very open to learning. Uh, so I think the biggest, the biggest challenge the mo- that I see, I got time. Mm-hmm. And then when things happened, we realize we don't have time. So the biggest misconception in building wealth, it is time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we teach and I teach families every day is, is a wealth formula. Mm-hmm. How do we build wealth? Well, it's like, you know, this coffee, right? You made it. There's a process. Is that true? Right. There's a way you made it. Um, so it's the same thing. How do we build wealth? Everybody wants to be wealthy, but do we know the formula? You know, we always tell our, our friends, you know, baking a cake, if you miss the sugar, especially in our community, hey, forget that. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's the same thing building wealth. We need to have the proper ingredient. And the first one I tell people, it's money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money or some money, we got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for that concept because back then, 15 years ago, I couldn't start savings, you know, a few thousand dollars a month. I couldn't. There's just not, I couldn't even picture that. Yeah. But I could do a $5. That was on my level at that time. Mm-hmm. So money doesn't matter if we have a lot or little, we start somewhere. Um, time is the second ingredient. And again, money and time. Time is not, you know, time doesn't wait for no one. So younger, the better. Mm-hmm. We got more time. We can actually have, you know, our money grow better. And then also plus or minus rate of return, you know, because mm-hmm. of course we know, look at right now, market goes up, market goes down. Right now, everybody's going to tell you what to do with your money. Right. But wait till market crashes. Everybody will be crying. <laughs> and that's where I love because I got to make sure that I gain and I don't want to lose. I don't believe in losing money. It's my heart or money. And I don't want to lose it. And I don't want you to lose it or right. anyone around us. So, uh, we have to understand the, the aspect of a rate of return. So money, time, rate of return, and then we have inflation. Well, there's a lot of statistics about inflation recently, yes, right? absolutely. And uh, look at inflation. Right now, look at the gas, right? So if we continue living the way we're living, everything is going up, prices of everything is going up, and our incomes are where? Stay, stay the same or have declined. There you go. Right. So infl- how are we going to continue that? And mm-hmm. inflation doubles where it was at least every 18 years. What's going to happen? You know, so and then also last but not least. So we have money, time, rate of return, inflation. The last one is taxes. Our favorite uncle. right? I know. <laughs> he loves us so much. Yeah. He makes sure he gets paid before you and I get paid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I know. So taxes is another aspect. And, you know, of course, we have to pay taxes. Um, you know, that's why we have lights and roads, but do we understand the consequences? Do we know the opportunities? Do we know where to put our money to, to compound? And that's why I love this book. Honestly, it's called saving your future book. And this book is, Mm -hmm. this book is in English, Spanish, Chinese, and Vietnamese. And we're about to have it in French. And we actually have a workshop book with it as well. That, I mean, I learned so much simple stuff, but I'll tell you mighty stuff. Mm -hmm. And in this book, I learned about taxes. I learned about investments and retirement, all of these different things. And so um, when, we, when you add all those things up, money, time, rate of return, inflation and taxes equals your wealth. So we cannot be wealthy if we are missing any of those ingredients. Right. But most of us, we want to what? We don't want to save first. We want to invest first. Or we want to wait. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah time. And then now, you know, here you are 50, 60 years old. Oh, I need something to grow fast. I needed to double my money in five years. I need to double my money in 10 years. Mm. If you want to gamble, potentially, yes. But if you're on a really solidly, you know, so there are so many different things. So I think the misconception is, is time and also not knowing the rules of the game. We didn't come to this land of opportunity or many people live here, born and raised here and not to know the rules of money. Mm-hmm. And that's why in this country, rich are getting richer. Yeah. And poor are getting poorer because of lack of that knowledge. And you, you can see that. I mean, there's many, I've even looked up, you know, the statistics and you, and it's like a, almost like a generational curse, right? For the poor, for the wealthy, they're just, 
planting seeds along the way and becoming wealthier and setting their families and children up for success and continued wealth and financial security. But the poor, they seem to be stuck in this generational curse almost where they just having a hard time, maybe one or two, you know, they break loose from that and they go a different route. But typically you unfortunately always see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the wealth know how to transfer wealth from one right. generation to another. Yeah. And honestly, that generational curse, I heard it a lot. I just don't believe in it because there is no curse. Mm-hmm. It's just the knowledge. And we live right now in the country. And I mean, with our financial literacy campaign, our goal is to empower every single community. Mm-hmm. And why I'm so proud, because we believe that no community or family should be left behind. So I love sad. that. If you don't want to leave yourself, I will not leave you behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I will not leave you behind. Why? Because we believe that nobody should be left behind. I tell people, just give me 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't make, what I, make sense what I'm saying, or you're good to go, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But at least give me a chance. Yeah. That's all. There's no pressure. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to move your stuff anywhere. Just at least that I know that you know. Mm-hmm. Because I have so many opportunities or so many not opportunities, but unfortunate situations where I'm talking, 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 talking. Come on, give me a chance. Let me let me talk to you. No, no, no. Next week, next time, next paycheck. Oh, my husband said no. Da, 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 and then boom, something happens. Either that person is no longer around. You know, they're gone, family struggling or, you know, something happens or their health deteriorates and now everything is completely different. Now they're calling me. Yeah. But there's so much that I can do at that time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we see so much GoFundMe for college planning, GoFundMe for burials, GoFundMe for, I mean, other things that people are doing. I've seen people fundraise on GoFundMe for like children's... Um, you know, field trips and stuff like that, you know, very, very simple things that school books. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just feel like GoFundMe is not a strategy. Mm -hmm. It's just not. So there's better strategies that we can do and that we can um, prepare for, because sometimes we just need to cut certain things and redirect that money somewhere else. Right. And that's really what it is, you know, helping those individuals and families do better, because I'm always a strong believer that four eyes are better than two. Yeah, absolutely. I also love the fact that you focus on children education also. So not only are you, you know, educating adults, but you are starting early with children, too. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, too? I mean, I can mention it. Yeah, Yeah. because I have children. So Mm -hmm. I believe everything that we have, we're doing it for who? But Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I I always remember where I came from and I I try to really, really not try. I really work on remembering where I came from because that keeps me humble and keeps me settled. It doesn't matter how well I do or don't do. I want to remember where I came from. Mm -hmm. But also I remember as a young girl, you know, trying to figure out things. And I know our kids are on different stage and age right now, but I'm not a parent that is just like, okay, give, you know, give them all. No, they need to earn it. They need to learn it. They need Mm -hmm. to know. And if I, as a parent, don't engage them, don't show them, don't empower them in these areas, I cannot expect anybody else to do it. Right. So as I started with my own kids and teaching them and them attending workshops, then we have some of our our partners and friends, kids. And that's how we started doing the kids events. Mm -hmm. And during the COVID, we had Zooms with kids and I'm okay. They get on, they talk about money and spending and saving and doing house chores. It's so interesting. Oh, my mom paid me to clean. I'm like, I'm not paying you to clean. That's your responsibility. (laughs) And then my kids will come to me. Did you know so-and-so moms pays them? I said, okay, great. Good for them. You know, so it's a great discussion. They can see. And what they do, you know, who does what they play games and they talk about some of the concepts. A young kid was like, my goodness, that rule of 72. I talked to my dad. He didn't even know what that was. Wow. You know what I mean? So now the kids are not only impacting themselves, but mm-hmm. they're impacting their own parents. Yeah. So I believe that each one of us, you know, so for me, kids are our next generation and I know our kids are going to do well, but you can be a doctor, lawyer, attorney. De- I don't care what title, what background you have in this country. If you don't know money, if you don't know how money works, if you don't know how to put money work for you, it's pointless. Yeah. Because either you're a slave to the money or money is slave to you. I I um I want to touch back back on in how people um you said a lot of people like to invest because they're looking for an instant turnaround and um you know they, they in their mind they think that you know they're going to grow their money fast but can you share a little bit more about how to properly build build your money up or how to protect yourself 
How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, Are we know, still good? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble here. But um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that again, just like that well formula, mm-hmm. we do believe. Um, that, you know, anything that you want to build and it doesn't matter if it's a physical building or if it's a, your, your, your financial house, mm-hmm. it has to have a strong foundation. And when we look at the building a financial house, most people start, uh, of course, like this, this building, right? It has a foundation, which is the, the ground, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. That's the strongest and the toughest and the biggest to be able to hold the whole entire uh, building. So same thing in our financial house, we need to have a strong foundation. Foundation. Mm-hmm. And many families think maybe that investment is a foundation, but sometimes, not sometimes, foundation, uh, investment is not a foundation because, you know, foundation, what we believe is actually protection, protecting what are we protecting well we got to protect our us ourselves our assets but i believe the most important thing of course we have like health insurance dental medicare vision i help families with those things every day mm-hmm. but when it comes to protecting it's actually life insurance mm-hmm. because if you think about life insurance that's the that's actually not just for debt benefit most of people think but actually it's replacement of your income mm-hmm. so for debt benefit yes yeah, something happens to us we need to replace our income to take right. Right. families because what's going to happen to your kids if, if the god forbid you're no longer here mm-hmm. somebody has to take care of them and take care of their house and everything and our spouses are struggling because the the, the responsibility was on two shoulders all of a sudden it's yeah. just on one so we got to make sure that we protect properly and protect our income but my biggest misconception with that is that most people think that oh life insurance psh, that's just when i die i don't care what happens to me which is so sad when people say that. I know. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about yeah. it all day long. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and also they think, oh, you know what? Psh, it's just when I die. You know, they don't care. But that's just, again, not true neither. Because life, there's different types of life insurances. Mm-hmm. Out there. You can actually, I mean, you can go with, 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 the, with the smallest, with temporary, with permanent, with one that has living benefits, long-term care. And I mean, you know, vehicles that you can use for a lot more. Putting money on side and growing and compounding it and leveraging it tax-free. Mm-hmm. Just depend on what you want and level of the knowledge and education. So protection is the biggest foundation because if there is no protection, if there is no us, the house, the car, the children, that investment, nothing is going to exist anymore. Right. Because it will collapse. Right. You know, and then because your income funds all the other things. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a biggest. So we, we also have a levels of so debt management, mm-hmm. a, a emergency fund, and then it should be what. Investment. It should be investments. But most of us, we want to start from the investing first. You know, invested. Like I remember my husband when he a while back, I bought a truck. And I was like, he's so excited. And I'm like, okay, we bought a truck. He's going to be, a, you know. And I'm like, okay. I said, you know, invested to purchase a truck and a trailer. And it's exciting. And okay, I'm going to go register it. So he registered the truck. He got insurance for the truck and, uh, you know, for the trailer and for the um Forgive me all the terms. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, the passenger and the freight and every insurance possible. And then I remember asking him, I said, well, babe, what, how much insurance are they requiring you to have for you, for your life as a driver? He said, none. I said, hold up. You insured the loan. You insured the passenger. You insured the stuff in the back. You insured the trailer. But they didn't ask you to. What? It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So every day we're driving cars. Car has full coverage mm-hmm. and the driver has what? None. None. So, but we spend money every day or something else. So we just don't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there is so much to that, that protection is very important. It doesn't matter what type do we have. It's important that we understand it, what we have, and also that is there when we need it. But I do want to make sure that people understand that is not just when we die, it can be used as we are still alive. Mm-hmm. Well, just to give an example, let's say one of my policies, a million. Okay. If something happens, God forbid to me, I drop dead, my family will get million dollars plus whatever cash value I have tax-free to beneficiary. Are they going to miss me? Absolutely. Nobody mm-hmm. can replace you and I. Right. But at least I know. The house can be paid off. The kids can go to college. They don't have to struggle. You know what? They can give to the... At least I know that that they are taken care of. Right. Worst case scenario. What if something happens? People, I mean, these days we see, I mean, after COVID, people are dying left and right. People are getting sick, cancers, suicides. You see people getting into car accidents. It's Mm -hmm. depressing. Mm -hmm. But what if I get into a position like that and I cannot work for 90 days? 
Now I'm sitting, I can't do nothing, but guess what? I have a policy that has a long-term care. So think about it. I'm able to, after 90 days being in this position, I can take out 4% off the million dollars. Hey, not bad. I can is hire that, Is that how, how, how often? Monthly. Monthly. So I can hire somebody. I can help myself. I can, you know, you don't understand what I'm saying. I can, I can be taken care of. So I can, I don't have to, you know, I mean, I know my husband loves me, but to shower me, bathe me, feed me. God <laughs> Every forbid, day. Uh, uh, I know he loves me, but that much. I can still afford <laughs> to get somebody to assist, to help, to clean, to cook, but he can still go to work to make the money. Yeah. And pay the bills and everything. Yeah. So to me, having the long-term care, of course, there's a standalone long-term care. There's different, mm -hmm. but I'm just talking specifically to something that I personally have. It might not yeah. be good for you or for anyone else out there. might be particular. But that's why we don't tell people buy this or buy that. Absolutely. Without doing a financial checkup or mm -hmm. financial needs and analysis. So for me, that's, and then the third aspect of that. So if yeah. I die too soon, now, if I, if I'm in the middle, half dead and half alive, I need long-term care. I'm good. So I can literally take out, you know, almost a million dollars while I'm still alive. Yeah. And then what if, you know, I live too long? That is, I think one of the points that people do not, I think that's the least calculated one. Maybe I'm wrong, but just you know, as I've been studying myself and kind of looking more into it, I think that's where a lot of people miss the ball is what if I live too long? Would you agree or oh, am yes. I wrong? Oh, yes. I mean, living a long life in America, <laughs> I don't know somewhere else, even right now in our countries and different you know, third world mm -hmm. countries is tough. But I think, live, you know, living a long life in America, you know, if we don't prepare very well, it can be very tough. Yeah. And I really, you know, I, you know, I, I mean, you see so many institutions out there, retirement homes. And if you go in, go in and ask, how are these people able to afford three, four, five thousand dollars a month to live in these fancy facilities? Mm -hmm. If you don't know how, figure it out. Trust me, you'll call me. You know, I remember working with someone when I was in corporate America and she was in her 60s. I want to say she was really close to 65, but I'm not quite. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I just remember having a conversation with her where she was pretty much in tears mm. and she told me that she doesn't even know how long she is going to have to work because she's approaching 65 and her social security will not be enough to survive mm -hmm. and pay her bills. And she was literally like in shambles just thinking about it. And she was telling me like, you know, and I remember she's been with this company for a very long time. And of course, I don't want to question her, you know, personal life and how she invested or saved her money. But I, I wondered to myself, because I'm an immigrant too. And I'm like, man, she's from this country and she doesn't have the resources to save enough money or to have enough to to basically retire, yeah. she's going to have to work longer than 65. And, you know, one thing that I thought of, like right after the pandemic hit and they started laying off people left and right, I knew mm. she would be one of them. And we had that conversation just a year prior. So I thought of her many times because it's like her worst reality, her worst nightmare came became true. Yeah. You know, she had to retire early or early, yeah, yeah. but that's still not even, you know, that's like a basic retirement age. So that just for me, that was like, that was already like an eye opener. Like, okay, I need to make sure that I have other vehicles in place so that I don't have to rely right. on social security only. Right. Or a job, you know. Yeah. Or a job. Multiple right. streams of income is the only way. Yeah. You know, not only to put money to work for you, but having things in place, having other side things to do. It's very, very important. And just lastly to say, you know, even people born and raised here, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the trust, mm -hmm. you know, even though there's a lot of resources, trust. Yeah. How, who, where. So. 
yeah. So tell me, tell our listeners and viewers if they are interested in getting financially literate or getting the free education, how can they go about doing that? How can they um, reach out to you or find you? Sure, they can. Um, they can attend. We have complimentary financial workshops. They can reach out to me on Facebook under my personal name, Dali Yusipovich, or they can message me on Dali's Financial Services. Uh, they can reach out to me that way. Uh, my information is out there everywhere, pretty much. So they can reach mm-hmm. out to me and that will help them register. I'll provide them the book and workbook. that they can, If they're serious about learning, uh, we will make sure that they are taken care of. You know, they can stop by the office. My office is within the Trail. You know, mm-hmm. we have a huge facility there. We have workshops and classes. They can come meet me. They can discuss with me, talk to whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're there. It's available for them. And how can they start? With the, it, it is the same. Is it the same process for them to start a career in the financial liter- uh, service industry also? Uh, well, career, yes and no. I mean, career depends on, you know, what they're looking for. Are mm-hmm. they looking for um, some people want to come into financial services industry, but they literally want to make a, work a job. This is not it. So mm-hmm. they will probably have to go look for, you know, um, corporations or insurance companies out there to look for that job, to clock in and clock out and work those 30, 40 hours and maybe have those quotas and things that they need to achieve. Mm-hmm. But if they're looking for the opportunity to be in the financial services industry, to learn and earn and be a um have access to multiple companies and organizations and work on their own time and um, get their professional license as independent uh, financial professional. Yeah, we can definitely talk and um, I can, you know, speak with them, explain to them everything. I believe like giving them everything. This is what it takes. This is mm-hmm. what it is because it, it does take time. It does take, but um, it's definitely rewarding and worth it because we have to understand that if we don't have if we do not have a passive income mm-hmm. in this country, if we're only depending on active income, which is clock in and clock out or just making that one time income, it's very tough. So we need to have that passive income. Um, I'll be more than happy to sit with them, show them, guide them how to get a professional license. I mean, there is right now actually a huge special to get the professional license in financial services industry. Um, they can study it online, but I will definitely speak with them. And just to see, because truthfully, um, Vanessa, last 15 years, I pick and choose who I want to work with. Yeah. That's why I love to interview to see who they are, what they, mm-hmm. you know, how, what they believes are. Do they love to help people? Are they, because, you know, my reputation is everything. And Absolutely. I want to work with people who believe in doing it right, who believe in, you know, honesty and, and, and integrity. And, um, yeah, but I'll be more than happy to help anyone who is willing to help themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to have her information displayed on the bottom also so that you have her information. Um, we'll see how much we'll have listed, um, but that will be done, you know, post post this interview. Um, thank Dolly. Thank you so much for being on Benissa's Cafe. I hope you enjoyed this experience and your interview. Um, this interview, guys, will be um, you'll be able to watch it on YouTube and actually on Spotify. Also, since we are now a video podcast on Spotify, too, and you can listen to us on Apple Breaker Radio. Um, I'm Google Podcast and um, and many more. So thank you everybody for tuning in. This is again Benissa's Cafe Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and comment and like. And um, until next time, thank you. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for having me. Thank you.